Town Bank Mortgage, NMLS number 512138, is an equal housing lender. This podcast is for informational purposes only. And now, the man born with a 5 o'clock shadow and with the NMLS number 2028201. He is a gentleman. He is a scholar. He is... Tyler Crawley. See, I told you. I told you we were going to have something to talk about. I found something here for the Tuesday edition of the Markets and Mortgages podcast. I am the aforementioned host of this podcast, Tyler Crawley. And uh, yeah, it's, it's not brand new. It didn't come out on Monday, but it did come out the week prior And I kind of got lost in the shuffle with all the craziness that was last week. All the national data, I did miss this. Uh, We got some rental data for the Wilmington metro area. We're going to be talking about that. Uh, I did also want to get into this piece from the New York Times about a municipality in Florida that is trying to stop a law. So in Florida, remember during the the housing, you know, covid the housing insanity that was Florida where prices were just skyrocketing 20, 30% year over year, just insanity. And you know, the solution is we all know um, it's, it's not about stimulating demand contrary to what many think in Washington, the solution to the housing situation is more supply. And so a lot of places smartly, one of them being California, I've never used, those two phrases smartly in California in a sentence, first time for everything. Well, Florida, similarly, they passed a law making it easier for developers to, well, develop. And now we have a very wealthy, wealthy municipality that does not want anything new. <laughs> and so they are fighting the Florida law. And you're going to see a lot of this. A lot of laws were passed on state levels Uh, Which they can do, by the way. If you look at the makeup, I don't want to get too political here, but if you look at the makeup of our country, uh, power resides with the states. People always think, oh, you know, local politics, local's better. I'm all for that. But the real power, the power is in the states. Um, And you look at North Carolina, and I'm not sure how, how other states are set up, but in North Carolina, the cities, the counties, they exist at the pleasure of the state. The state gives them their charter. The state can take it away. A lot of people think, oh, no, the cities, you know, they make up and help the state. No, no, no. The state, numero uno. (laughs) That is where all the power lies. And so people don't like it. They get upset. They say, oh, you know, we should keep it. I'm all for keeping politics local. But if local governments are doing bad, (laughs) then the state, sometimes the ultimate decider, has a say, just like at the federal level. Bad things are happening at the federal level. The states can come together and say, we are going to stop it. And so there is your history lesson for the day. (laughs) All right, back to housing. I'm going to get off my soapbox. Well, actually, I'm just going to transfer soapboxes. I'm going to go from my political soapbox to my uh, economics soapbox. And so let's talk about what's happening with rents in Wilmington. It's good news. If you are a renter, median rents in Wilmington fell for the fifth straight month to start 2024. So 
We got rents falling at the end of 23. Go into 24, rents are still falling. Uh, the median rents in the Wilmington metro area fell to $1,258 in January. That was down 1% from December and is the lowest level since March 2022. And what's interesting is year over year, rents are down 3.6%. And what and why that's interesting, there we go. <laughs> this is why it's interesting. It's a better way to phrase it, is because last year rents were also falling. And so it is sort of an apples to apples comparison. It's not like, oh, you know, rents were, you know, were were rising last January. And so therefore, well, they're kind of on an upward swing versus sort of a downward swing. No, they were also on a downward swing. And so it is sort of an apples to apples comparison. So the fact that we're below where we were last year when rents were also falling, a little bit more, packs a little bit more of a punch. And some more good news, uh, once again, if you're a renter, (laughs) I guess not so much if you're a landlord, uh, rents are down 6.3% from the high of 23, and they're down 10.7% from the all-time highs that we saw in September of 2022. And the drops across the board, one bedroom, two bedroom, they're all falling. One bedroom median rents fell for the six straight months. So you're actually seeing more of a drop or a longer drop in the one bedroom rents down to 1149 and two bedrooms they fall in for the fifth straight month to 1233 and here's something that's interesting so this current drop that we've seen in rents has actually coincided with a drop in vacancy rates which is kind of weird right because Supply and demand would tell you that if you have fewer units available, so that means that the vacancy rate is falling because you have less vacancies, that that would push prices up. And what's happening is the vacancy rate is falling along with the rents. (laughs) It's, I don't know, I don't get it. (laughs) Maybe Maybe it's the idea of future properties coming onto market. That's what's causing... Uh, maybe some landlords out there to be, you know, wanting to lock people in for another year, whatever it may be. I don't know, but it's weird that the rents have been falling along with vacancy rates. So in January, for the first time, we actually saw the vacancy rate increase for the first time in eight months. It wasn't a huge increase. Uh, went up to six point four percent from six point three eight percent. So not a huge. Increase, but an increase on the first time in eight months. So that makes sense to me. So maybe we're seeing more of these, you know, properties that we all see around Wilmington, (laughs) which remember that front page statistic, Wilmington was one of the top six places adding new inventory in 2023. And I would assume that based on some of the developments I've seen that are not open yet, it's going to be pretty good 2024 too. And so, like I said, maybe that is what is putting some downward pressure. They haven't actually come to market yet, but the possibility of them might be having an impact. Uh, In case you're wondering where we stand from a national perspective. Oh, I forgot to mention vacancy rate is up 
6.27% at the same time last year. So kind of a kind of a big increase. Shows you what's happening with all the apartment complexes that have been built. So we're seeing a higher vacancy rate than last year, which also makes sense that rents are down from the same time last year. Uh, so basically, the big jump in apartment supply is obviously helping to put downward pressure on prices and is bringing some much-needed relief or some much-needed relief to renters who really got hammered in 21 and 22. <laughs> so having a decent 23 and a better 24, not bad for the renters out there. <laughs> they get lost in the shuffle sometimes. I saw a meme. It was kind of funny. It was, um, you know, that meme where it was, uh, you know, it's like the mom playing with the little kid and then like the other little kid's drowning. And then they, you go down the picture and there's like a dead person at the bottom of the pool. <laughs> and it was like, the, it was the, the little kid that the mom was playing with was like three to 4% mortgages. And then the people who were trying to swim uh, was like kind of drowning, was like 7% mortgages. And then like the person that was dead at the bottom of the pool was renters. <laughs> so yeah, sometimes, sometimes they uh, get lost in the shuffle. It, it does happen. And speaking of supply, so as I mentioned, we do have a housing crisis. We are underbuilt by anywhere from three to five or six million units across the country. We would need to get back to where we were in the 70s. So I also want to remind everyone, we've been underbuilding since the 70s. People think, oh, we just stopped building during the great, you know, after the great recession. That didn't help, but we were already like 1 million underbuilt by the time that happened. And then it just got worse and then we had COVID and just, yeah. But it, this has been going on for a while. It, this is not a, it's gotten worse recently, but it's something that's been going on for a while. And so states are finally stepping up because what they've realized is that, sure, you definitely want to have local communities having a say in what is happening in their local communities and you want to give them the power to have that control. But what we're realizing is that in a lot of cases, local governments, groups, whatever it may be, uh, they're abusing that power. And to the detriment of others for no other reason than just pure selfishness. Like we don't, you know, I bought 10, 20 years ago, refied my house is now worth you know two three times what i paid for it house might be paid off i got a super low rate mortgage i don't care that other people out there can't find affordable housing i don't you know, that's that's basically what the argument is a lot of times when it comes to these nimbies it's like yeah sorry sorry you didn't you didn't do what i did and now you you can't <laughs> and it's like too bad too bad and like I said, I mean, we want to keep the character of neighborhoods. You don't, you don't want to just let developers run roughshod over everything because you just don't want that. But you also don't want it to be the point where there's just no new development at all. And so states are finally stepping up across the country and they're saying, guys, you're, you're not letting anyone build. So we got to step in and we're going to let people build. And California is uh, one state that's done that. Uh, I don't know how successful it's been. I still think you're seeing a lot of blockage 
in some of the municipalities in California. But here's a good example of something that we're going to be seeing probably a lot over the next decade, and that is local municipalities suing to try and stop a state law from going into effect is basically, or vice versa, developers are suing, trying to force the courts to back the state law that is now on the books. And in this case, it's happening in Florida. Now, New York Times, Patricia Mazzi reporting, writing that in Ball Harbor, Florida, an Oceanside Village, North of Miami Beach, a luxury mall, says it wants to help tackle one of the nation's, in Florida's, most intractable problem, a lack of affordable housing. Now, in a rare instance of bipartisan agreement, the Florida legislature passed a law last spring intended to encourage projects like the one that the owner of the mall and Ball Harbor Shops has in mind called the Local or the Live Local Act. The law allows developers to bypass certain local zoning rules and to qualify for tax breaks if their projects include enough workforce housing. Now, the company, the Whitman Family Development, has wanted to build a hotel alongside their shopping center on Collins Avenue, the village's main drag, for over 40 years. (laughs) Or for a long time. They've owned it for over 40 years. They've wanted to do this for a while. Neighbors... And elected leaders have repeatedly rejected this idea. But with this new law passing, they saw a way in. So the company filed an application last month to build a 20-story hotel like they always wanted and three residential towers with 600 units, 240 of which would be priced low enough to qualify as workforce housing under the law. Now, after the application was filed, infuriated residents, of course, packed the village hall to decry the project. The village council, feeling ambush, vowed to try and stop it. Then last week, the mall's owner sued the village in what seems to be the first instance of a developer asking the courts to enforce the new law. And what's interesting about this is the developer, the people who own the mall, they basically say in the article that, yeah, we would never have built, you know, maybe not even built the residential, but even if we had, we would not have made any aspect of it for workforce housing. And so this law is actually encouraging us to do this, and it's a win-win. So it's like we're helping people afford a house, or and these are rental units, by the way, so they'd be rental units, somewhere to live, and we also finally get to build our hotel that we've always wanted to build. And so do something for us, something for you. Now, obviously the you would not be the community (laughs) because they don't want it. But people who want to move into the community, they want it. There's no doubt about that. And yeah, I mean, the the only issue I have, I love the article. I love they're highlighting this. The only issue I have is that, you know, people always make a big deal about, because they even talk about it in there, that there's a lot of luxury apartment complexes that have been built in this area, but no one's building anything for workforce housing. Well, I mean, basic economics will tell you that it really doesn't matter what you build, that it benefits everyone to some extent. Now, sure, this is more directly because you're going to build these units, but the reality is if you build enough, if you built nothing but luxury apartment complexes and just built and built and built, eventually everyone would benefit because what would happen is the new luxury apartments 
they'd be charging, you know, the luxury rate, whatever it may be. And the previous newest luxury apartment, they would either have to lower their rate or upgrade their facilities to then become better than the new place in order to compete. And a lot of places they might upgrade. A lot of places would go, okay, we're just going to charge less. So then they charge less and then someone else charges less. And then it, it's sort of domino effect. Trickle down, dropping rents is what you would see happen. And so I love the article. I just took a little, you know, just a little bit with the argument that, oh, well, all we're building is luxury apartments. That's not helping anyone. It does technically help everyone at some point. It'll take a little longer than the direct building of workforce housing. And one of the problems that you do run into, I've talked to developers about this, if you require X amount to be, you know, workforce housing, and let's say the building that you're building, you always figure out what your unit cost is. And so, you know, what is it costing you to build it? And then what do you have to sell it in order to make money or rent it in this case to, to make money? And so if it turns out the workforce is below the per unit cost, so you're losing money, you then have to make it up on the other side with the luxury component. So then you're raising prices. And once again, not directly, but eventually it might work its way where you see rents move up overall because you're forcing the developer to raise prices on the luxury items, if that makes sense. <laughs> so um, I liked it though. And I have a feeling we're going to see a lot more fights from municipalities taking on the state. You got the NIMBYs fighting the YIMBYs. And I, of course, am Team YIMBY. I'm rooting for them. So I'm rooting for the state because the state does have the power, as I said, to start the, start the show. The state has the power. <laughs> They're the ones that can make this decision. I'm glad they are. I'm glad they are. So we're going to see more fights like that with, without a doubt. And I'd like to see them start happening in California. Okay, that would be nice. All right, we are done. Um, let's see here. What do we got happening? Oh, see, finally, we have some data coming out today here. <laughs> we have the CoreLogic Home Price Index. That'll be out at 9 a.m. looking at national home prices. And then at 10 a.m., the Wilmington unemployment rates. It's a lot of Wilmington data this week. We got the unemployment rate today. Um, on Thursday, we're getting median home prices, qualifying incomes, and the housing affordability index, along with the rental data. So it's a lot of Wilmington. So Wilmington's picking up for the national stuff because there's not a ton of national stuff happening this week. But we're going to make it happen. Hope you guys enjoy your Tuesday. We will see you back here Wednesday morning for another edition of Markets and Mortgages. And remember, as always, do not wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait. <laughs>